Welcome to this Abide Bedtime Story called The Power of Praise. My name is Lonane Laura, and I'm delighted to tell this story to you as you lie down to sleep tonight. Tonight's story takes us all the way back to the Old Testament. It's a story from Joshua 6 about God's people following God's unexpected order to take a very unique approach to battle and seeing results beyond their wildest imagination. I know it will encourage you to reconsider your approach to the battles you are facing, too. Before we get started, take a moment to settle in for the night. Close your eyes and take a slow, deep breath. Breathe in through your nose, counting slowly. One, two, three, and then exhale through your mouth. Let the tension lift from your neck and shoulders. This day has come to an end. Nothing more can be done, so set aside any anxieties or fears and rest in the peaceful presence of God. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this beloved child of yours and for the blessed gift of sleep. I pray a blessing of peace over your child as they rest. Would the peace of your presence surround them tonight as they lie down to sleep. Remind them that you are good and that they can trust you with the many situations that threaten to keep them up tonight. May they find the will to praise you through their struggles and so find the power of praise. You are worthy of such praise, Lord. Amen. Travel with me back in time. Long, long ago, before the time of Jesus, before the time of Isaiah and the prophets, even before the time of King David. Let's go all the way back to the days of Joshua. You might remember a number of different things about Joshua. Maybe that he was Moses' right-hand man. Maybe you know that Joshua was one of the 12 spies sent by Moses to scope out the land God had promised. You might know that he was one of just two spies that trusted God to go before Israel and give them victory. But the Lord said to Joshua, I have given you Jericho, its king, and all its strong warriors. You and your fighting men should march around the town once a day for six days. Seven priests will walk ahead of the ark, each carrying a ram's horn. On the seventh day, you are to march around the town seven times with the priests blowing the horns. When you hear the priests give one long blast on the ram's horns, have all the people shout as loud as they can. Then the walls of the town will collapse and the people can charge straight into the town. You might know that after Moses died, Joshua took charge of leading God's people, the people of Israel. You may even know that he was the one who led the Israelites into the Promised Land, the very land 
that he surveyed as a young man. I want you to imagine that you are a young Israelite living long ago in the time of Joshua's leadership. You and your family, along with all of Israel, have turned wholeheartedly to trust and follow Joshua. You saw the pain and struggle of your parents' generation and the hardship they experienced wandering in the wilderness. Your generation is determined to follow your new leader, and he follows Yahweh, the everlasting God. As an Israelite child, you live in the camp designated for your tribe, which is currently set up a little bit outside of Jericho. Jericho is in Israel, north of the Red Sea and west of the Jordan River. You live in the desert. Feel the warmth of the grainy sand beneath your feet as you walk from one tent to another to visit friends and family. The sun is warm on your skin, but it is also bright in the sky when you choose to admire the beauty of the day. Look up at the bright blue sky, not a cloud in sight. Take a deep breath and give thanks to God for a day this clear and beautiful. You spend the day outside, making up games and adventuring. You and your cousins, as always, end up at the olive trees just outside your camp. You relish the shade they provide on a hot day. When you look up at the leaves, you notice the olives are just the right shade of green. They're ripe, you call your cousins, and each of you grabs a handful to snack on as you continue to play. You see the sun glowing orange as it begins to set on the horizon. You know that dusk means you'll be expected home, so you begin to head back to camp. As you near, you notice the adults are beginning to gather together. Your uncle came back with news and it's spreading quickly throughout the camp. They've gathered inside one of the tents and you scurry closer to try and overhear. As you sneak right outside the tent, you're finally able to overhear them. Joshua met an angel, you hear your uncle say. He was out walking near Jericho city walls and he met him. Joshua said he knew as soon as he spoke that there was something different about him. What did the angel say? Someone asks. You hear your uncle talk about the majesty of the angel, how light shone from him and his voice had a depth but it was Yahweh who finally spoke to Joshua. He says, Yahweh is giving us the land of Jericho, just like he promised. All the adults are talking now. You hear them asking questions, whooping with joy. You feel giddy goosebumps pop up all over your arms and legs. You're not entirely sure what that means or why it's important, but you can tell this must be really, really good news. Everyone quiets down again. You can hear the locusts stirring in the darkness and their buzzing sound makes it hard to hear the whispers inside the tent. But then you hear a voice rise above the whispers. Does this... Does this mean we're going to war? That's the thing, he said. We're not going to fight. You hear the questions and the wonderings coming from the group. What does he mean we aren't going to fight? 
How can we win the city without a real battle? Did Joshua really even meet with an angel? Has Yahweh actually spoken? The questions are many, as are the questioners. And then you hear your uncle speak again. We're going to play our instruments, and Yahweh is going to give us the victory. All we have to do is shout and blow the trumpets. But the Lord said to Joshua, I have given you Jericho, its king, and all its strong warriors. You and your fighting men should march around the town once a day for six days. Seven priests will walk ahead of the ark, each carrying a ram's horn. On the seventh day, you are to march around the town seven times, with the priests blowing the horns. When you hear the priests give one long blast on the ram's horns, have all the people shout as loud as they can. Then the walls of the town will collapse, and the people can charge straight into the town. By the next day, the whole camp was stirred with conversations of this wild and unexpected battle plan. Instruments? Walking silently? Shouts? How will that be enough? Maybe you too wonder. Fighting my battles with praise alone, how could that be enough? You can feel the excitement as you walk around the camp on the afternoon before the first walk. The smell of seasoned land comes from the fire as your whole community plans to eat together. You hear the sounds of laughter from neighbor kids playing, but you aren't playing this time. You're enthralled by what tomorrow might hold and find yourself sitting near the adults. The men are discussing all that might come as they ready their instruments and prepare their first walk around the city of Jericho. As evening comes, there's a coolness in the air. The fires are going, providing warmth and light. No one can sleep from the anticipation, so you linger with your family and friends a little longer. As you lie down to sleep that night, you feel a giddiness you've rarely experienced in life. You think about Yahweh, the God of your fathers, the God who led you out of the wilderness, the God who is giving your people the land he promised long ago. But the Lord said to Joshua, I have given you Jericho, its king, and all its strong warriors. You and your fighting men should march around the town once a day for six days. Seven priests will walk ahead of the ark, each carrying a ram's horn. Morning comes, and you're sure to be up early to see the men off. It's another warm day, even early in the morning when you wake up. They walk out of camp carrying instruments and sacks with lunch. You can't wait to hear what happens. You're giddy when you see them start to return to camp that evening, and you run around shouting to anyone you can find, Here they come! They're coming home! You're the first to ask what happened, eager to hear every detail. They make you wait until dinner is served, and when everyone has food, someone finally tells the story. They tell you how they walked quietly from camp all the way to Jericho, just like Joshua instructed they were careful not to speak the whole way. They started walking with the seven priests carrying the ram's horns marching in front of the Ark of the Covenant, 
and they started blowing their horns as soon as the walk around the city began. The armed men marched both in front of the priests with horns and behind the Ark of the Covenant. The whole entire time, the priests were blowing their horns, and no one said a word. You tried to imagine what it would have been like. They walked around the city, just as they were told. But as they walked, they must have been wondering, how will this be enough? The rest of the week follows just the same. You wake up each day with a building excitement as you count down until the seventh day. Each night, the men come home with a similar story. On day two, they walked, and they blew their trumpets, and they wondered, how will this be enough? Day three comes, and they are sent off with care. They walked, and they blew their trumpets, and they wondered, how will this be enough? And back at camp, you wonder, could I, too, Fight my battles with only praise? Would that be enough? Day four and five and six come and go, and each day is the same. They are sent off with care. They walk without speaking, not even a word, and they blew their trumpets and they wondered, how will this be enough? But the Lord said to Joshua, I have given you Jericho its king, and all its strong warriors. You and your fighting men should march around the town once a day for six days. Seven priests will walk ahead of the ark, each carrying a ram's horn. On the seventh day, you are to march around the town seven times, with the priests blowing the horns. When you hear the priests giving one long blast on the ram's horns, have all the people shout as loud as they can. Then the walls of the town will collapse, and the people can charge straight into the town. At last, the seventh day comes. You wake up filled with excitement. All six days that came before were the same, and although they were exciting, this is the day you've really been waiting for. This is the day when they will do more than just play their instruments. This is the day they will raise their voices in triumph. This is the day that God will deliver Jericho into their hands just as he promised. This is the day of victory. You are eager as you see the men head off to battle, even though you know the battle won't look like it usually does. You wonder what the residents of Jericho will be thinking as they circle the outskirts of town more than once this time. On the seventh day, the Israelites got up at dawn and marched around the town as they had done before. But this time they went around the town seven times. The seventh time around, as the priests sounded the long blast on their horns, Joshua commanded the people, Shout, for the Lord has given you the town. The men came back to camp that night with shouts of joy and victory. Everyone at camp celebrated their return. They feasted with an array of food and drink and gathered around the many tables. They told the story of how trumpets and horns and shouts won them victory. They told the story of their uncertainty at the start of the week. How they wondered, all we're going to do is blow trumpets? 
how could that be enough? They told the story of the power of praise, of how Yahweh God came through for them in unimaginable ways, of how they didn't need the power of weaponry, but simply the power of praise. Just as the psalmist writes in Psalm chapter 145, verse 1, I will exalt you, my God the King. I will praise your name forever and ever. Every day I will praise you and extol your name forever and ever. Great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. His greatness no one can fathom. One generation commends your works to another. They tell of your mighty acts. They speak of glorious splendor of your majesty. And I will meditate on your wonderful works. They tell of the power of your awesome works. And I will proclaim your great deeds. They celebrate your abundant goodness and joyfully sing of your righteousness. These words were written many, many years after the events in Jericho, but their truths are timeless, for you will indeed remember the events of this week. You will remember his awesome works, the power of praise, and how God led you to victory. You know you will speak often of these miracles. You will command God's works to the generation. You will tell of his mighty works. You will speak of the glorious splendor of his majesty. You remember soberly how at the beginning of the week, you and everyone around you questioned, how could this be enough? And now you know, it was enough because of Yahweh. It was enough because he is enough. Maybe as you walk through the hard seasons of your own life, you are tempted to ask, how will this be enough? Beloved of God, your praise is more than enough because God is fighting your battles with you. Praise has the power to return your heart and your affection to God. Taking time to give God praise reminds you who He is and brings to light the many ways in which He is going before you, protecting you, and making a way for you, even when it seems like there is no way. In the moments of your waiting, when you begin to wonder, how will this be enough? Remember the God of Israel and the power of praise. Receive this blessing from 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 14 as you sleep. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Rest well in the loving arms of Christ, your beloved. Listen again to the story of Jericho and the power of praise. Travel with me back in time. Long, long ago, before the time of Jesus, before the time of Isaiah and the prophets, even before the time of King David. Let's go all the way back to the days of Joshua. You might remember a number of different things about Joshua. Maybe that he was Moses' right-hand man. Maybe you know that Joshua was one of the 12 spies sent by Moses to scope out the land God had promised. You might know that he was one of just two spies that trusted God to go before Israel 
and give them victory. But the Lord said to Joshua, I have given you Jericho, its king and all its strong warriors. You and your fighting men should march around the town once a day for six days. Seven priests will walk ahead of the ark, each carrying a ram's horn. On the seventh day, you are to march around the town seven times, with the priests blowing the horns. When you hear the priests give one long blast on the ram's horns, have all the people shout as loud as they can. Then the walls of the town will collapse, and the people can charge straight into the town. You might know that after Moses died, Joshua took charge of leading God's people, the people of Israel. You may even know that he was the one who led the Israelites into the Promised Land, the very land that he surveyed as a young man. I want you to imagine that you are a young Israelite living long ago in the time of Joshua's leadership. You and your family, along with all of Israel, have turned wholeheartedly to trust and follow Joshua. You saw the pain and struggle of your parents' generation and the hardship they experienced wandering in the wilderness. Your generation is determined to follow your new leader, and he follows Yahweh, the everlasting God. As an Israelite child, you live in the camp designated for your tribe, which is currently set up a little bit outside of Jericho. Jericho is in Israel, north of the Red Sea and west of the Jordan River. You live in the desert. Feel the warmth of the grainy sand beneath your feet as you walk from one tent to another to visit friends and family. The sun is warm on your skin, but it is also bright in the sky when you choose to admire the beauty of the day. Look up at the bright blue sky, not a cloud in sight. Take a deep breath and give thanks to God for a day this clear and beautiful. You spend the day outside, making up games and adventuring. You and your cousins, as always, end up at the olive trees just outside your camp. You relish the shade they provide on a hot day. When you look up at the leaves, you notice the olives are just the right shade of green. They're ripe, you call your cousins, and each of you grabs a handful to snack on as you continue to play. You see the sun glowing orange as it begins to set on the horizon. You know that dusk means you'll be expected home, so you begin to head back to camp. As you near, you notice the adults are beginning to gather together. Your uncle came back with news and it's spreading quickly throughout the camp. They've gathered inside one of the tents and you scurry closer to try and overhear. As you sneak right outside the tent, you're finally able to overhear them. Joshua met an angel, you hear your uncle say. He was out walking near Jericho city walls and he met him. Joshua said he knew as soon as he spoke that there was something different about him. What did the angel say? Someone asks. You hear your uncle talk about the majesty of the angel, how light shone from him, and his voice had a depth. But it was Yahweh who finally spoke to Joshua, 
He says, Yahweh is giving us the land of Jericho, just like he promised. All the adults are talking now. You hear them asking questions, whooping with joy. You feel giddy goosebumps pop up all over your arms and legs. You're not entirely sure what that means or why it's important, but you can tell this must be really, really good news. Everyone quiets down again. You can hear the locusts stirring in the darkness, and their buzzing sound makes it hard to hear the whispers inside the tent. But then you hear a voice rise above the whispers. Does this... Does this mean we're going to war? That's the thing, he said. We're not going to fight. You hear the questions and the wonderings coming from the group. What does he mean we aren't going to fight? How can we win the city without a real battle? Did Joshua really even meet with an angel? Has Yahweh actually spoken? The questions are many, as are the questioners. And then you hear your uncle speak again. We're going to play our instruments, and Yahweh is going to give us the victory. All we have to do is shout and blow the trumpets. But the Lord said to Joshua, I have given you Jericho, its king, and all its strong warriors. You and your fighting men should march around the town once a day for six days. Seven priests will walk ahead of the ark, each carrying a ram's horn. On the seventh day, you are to march around the town seven times, with the priests blowing the horns. When you hear the priests give one long blast on the ram's horns, have all the people shout as loud as they can. Then the walls of the town will collapse, and the people can charge straight into the town. By the next day, the whole camp was stirred with conversations of this wild and unexpected battle plan. Instruments? Walking silently? Shouts? How will that be enough? Maybe you too wonder. Fighting my battles with praise alone, how could that be enough? You can feel the excitement as you walk around the camp on the afternoon before the first walk. The smell of seasoned land comes from the fire as your whole community plans to eat together. You hear the sounds of laughter from neighbor kids playing, but you aren't playing this time. You're enthralled by what tomorrow might hold and find yourself sitting near the adults. The men are discussing all that might come as they ready their instruments and prepare their first walk around the city of Jericho. As evening comes, there's a coolness in the air. The fires are going, providing warmth and light. No one can sleep from the anticipation, so you linger with your family and friends a little longer. As you lie down to sleep that night, you feel a giddiness you've rarely experienced in life. You think about Yahweh, the God of your fathers, the God who led you out of the wilderness, the God who is giving your people the land he promised long ago. But the Lord said to Joshua, I have given you Jericho, its king, and all its strong warriors. You and your fighting men should march around the town once a day for six days. Seven priests will walk ahead of the ark, 
each carrying a ram's horn. Morning comes, and you're sure to be up early to see the men off. It's another warm day, even early in the morning when you wake up. They walk out of camp carrying instruments and sacks with lunch. You can't wait to hear what happens. You're giddy when you see them start to return to camp that evening, and you run around shouting to anyone you can find, Here they come! They're coming home! You're the first to ask what happened, eager to hear every detail. They make you wait until dinner is served, and when everyone has food, someone finally tells the story. They tell you how they walked quietly from camp all the way to Jericho, just like Joshua instructed they were careful not to speak the whole way. They started walking with the seven priests carrying the ram's horns marching in front of the Ark of the Covenant, and they started blowing their horns as soon as the walk around the city began. The armed men marched both in front of the priests with horns and behind the Ark of the Covenant. The whole entire time the priests were blowing their horns and no one said a word. You try to imagine what it would have been like. They walked around the city, just as they were told. But as they walked, they must have been wondering, how will this be enough? The rest of the week follows just the same. You wake up each day with a building excitement as you count down until the seventh day. Each night, the men come home with a similar story. On day two, they walked and they blew their trumpets, and they wondered, how will this be enough? Day three comes, and they are sent off with care. They walked, and they blew their trumpets, and they wondered, how will this be enough? And back at camp, you wonder, could I, too, fight my battles with only praise? Would that be enough? Day four and five, and six, come and go, and each day is the same. They are sent off with care. They walk without speaking, not even a word, and they blew their trumpets, and they wondered, how will this be enough? But the Lord said to Joshua, I have given you Jericho, its king, and all its strong warriors. You and your fighting men should march around the town once a day for six days. Seven priests will walk ahead of the ark, each carrying a ram's horn. On the seventh day, you are to march around the town seven times, with the priests blowing the horns. When you hear the priests giving one long blast on the ram's horns, have all the people shout as loud as they can. Then the walls of the town will collapse, and the people can charge straight into the town. At last, the seventh day comes. You wake up filled with excitement. All six days that came before were the same, and although they were exciting, this is the day you've really been waiting for. This is the day when they will do more than just play their instruments. This is the day they will raise their voices in triumph. This is the day that God will deliver Jericho into their hands just as he promised. This is the day of victory. You are eager as you see the men head off to battle. 
even though you know the battle won't look like it usually does. You wonder what the residents of Jericho will be thinking as they circle the outskirts of town more than once this time. On the seventh day, the Israelites got up at dawn and marched around the town as they had done before. But this time they went around the town seven times. The seventh time around, as the priests sounded the long blast on their horns, Joshua commanded the people, Shout, for the Lord has given you the town. The men came back to camp that night with shouts of joy and victory. Everyone at camp celebrated their return. They feasted with an array of food and drink and gathered around the many tables. They told the story of how trumpets and horns and shouts won them victory. They told the story of their uncertainty at the start of the week. How they wondered, all we're going to do is blow trumpets? How could that be enough? They told the story of the power of praise, of how Yahweh God came through for them in unimaginable ways, of how they didn't need the power of weaponry, but simply the power of praise. Just as the psalmist writes in Psalm chapter 145, verse 1, I will exalt you, my God the King. I will praise your name forever and ever. Every day I will praise you and extol your name forever and ever. Great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. His greatness no one can fathom. One generation commends your works to another. They tell of your mighty acts. They speak of glorious splendor of your majesty, and I will meditate on your wonderful works. They tell of the power of your awesome works, and I will proclaim your great deeds. They celebrate your abundant goodness and joyfully sing of your righteousness. These words were written many, many years after the events in Jericho, but their truths are timeless. For you will indeed remember the events of this week. You will remember his awesome works, the power of praise, and how God led you to victory. You know you will speak often of these miracles. You will command God's works to the generation. You will tell of his mighty works. You will speak of the glorious splendor of his majesty. You remember soberly how at the beginning of the week, you and everyone around you questioned, how could this be enough? And now you know, it was enough because of Yahweh. It was enough because He is enough. Maybe as you walk through the hard seasons of your own life, you are tempted to ask, how will this be enough? Beloved of God, your praise is more than enough because God is fighting your battles with you. Praise has the power to return your heart and your affection to God. Taking time to give God praise reminds you who He is and brings to light the many ways in which He is going before you, protecting you, and making a way for you, even when it seems like there is no way. In the moments of your waiting, when you begin to wonder, how will this be enough? Remember the God of Israel and the power of praise. Receive this blessing from 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 14 as you sleep. 
May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Rest well in the loving arms of Christ, your beloved.